Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. So we all have trauma, even though you don't want to admit it. And we all have struggles, even though you don't want to admit it. But sometimes the thing that happens is that trauma and health issues and everything that we just are like, I cannot overcome it, is actually the closet. And sometimes these things are tied to our own coming out process. But when you find a way through, no matter how that looks and what works for you, you realize, okay, there is a path. And what I love about today's guest is besides being a photographer and filmmaker and a writer, she does a lot of other stuff. I mean, everything from yoga therapy to life coaching, death doula, neuro-linguistic programming stuff. All of this is so good for who you are. I mean, even even this microbiome stuff that I'm just starting to learn about, but I'm realizing as a guy who's a two-time stroke survivor that I'm not going to I'm not going to set anything aside. I will try anything to figure out what is going on with, you know, almost 60-year-old Rick's body. And what I love about what Lynn Rivers is bringing, she's not only bringing a lot of interesting stuff in her creativity and photography and her filmmaking, which we're going to talk about a new film she's got coming out. But she's exploring a lot of different ways to understand ourselves, our bodies, the nature of us as humans. And I just felt like having somebody like her on to help you come out of whatever you're coming out of is just a way to help you come to terms with that trauma and anything you might be feeling. So I guess, Lynn, you can you can like step in the studio and welcome to Live on Closet. I'm happy to have you here. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, that's cool. So, okay, it's your show. I just shut up and you just start talking. So, no, I'm kidding. That's not the way it is. <laughs> but um, I think you could do that. Just the pre-conversations we're having. I'm like, okay, I can tell Lynn and I just kind of, okay, we can make this happen. But um, you've had some challenges, it sounds like, health-wise. Oh, and, yeah. You know, who you are. And I, I mean, I'm just going to set the audience up here a little bit. We had been chatting about this and, you know, myself, all of us who come out of the closet, sometimes we don't realize that journey, how much trauma it puts in our, we know mental trauma. We can see that, you know, we can almost feel that, but sometimes we don't realize how much that body trauma gets hit. So um, you actually had an experience with somebody close to you that went through that. And as you were sharing that earlier, I started thinking, you know what, after all those years where I hid so deeply and where I tucked myself away at 19 and then came back out at 36, I'm actually not surprised at this stage of my life that there's some trauma in my body mm-hmm. because it's saying you hid, you did all, all that trauma to yourself. So let's yes. kind of talk about, you know, where you came into this work, maybe some of your own experience, whatever you feel comfortable sharing um, Absolutely. that got you here. So Absolutely. You know, I think one of the biggest points to my existence is my past and everything that I overcame. And, you know, I had near-death experiences when I was one in three. I had pneumonia very early on in life. And it was 
a really bad case a couple of times. And I had lifelong of asthma and, you know, in the hospital as a teenager, quite often um, on breathing machines and really sorting through that while also losing the majority of my family before I turned 15. I had gender identity issues by the age of four. <laughs> I, you know, lost my mom when I was 15, right when I was coming out. And so I was that rebellious teenager who came out of the closet full speed, never looked back. You know, I, I was lucky in that sense, but there was also all of this compounded trauma that happened in such a short amount of time. And when these things happen to you as a child, it actually programs your brain, you know, before the age of eight, our brain is really starting to form and it takes hold around that age. So I had so much that was just like building and building. And I went through the majority of my twenties, just living in a constant PTSD state, just living in fear. And even though I was confident in who I was as a person, all of those traumas that happened as a child stored in my body in some fashion, right? And it's not just a, a woo-woo idea. We've actually right. learned that we really do store trauma in certain areas of our bodies. It can be our knees. It can be our stomachs. It can be our heart. It can be any area of our body and we're not aware of it until we confront those traumas head on until we like actually bring it to the forefront to work through it. And it took me a long time to do that. And as you mentioned, I had someone close to me who, who went through something similar. It was her death. It was my partner who she had been married and decided to get a divorce we got together and she was extremely happy for the first time in her life. She mm -hmm. kind of questioned everything about life because she just couldn't figure out why she was so unhappy. And it was beautiful to see her live in that space of happiness. However, all of the trauma that she had buried in her body from years and years of her parents telling her that she would be worthless if she you know, was a lesbian and all of these different things that came out of their mouth really harmed her and pushed her into a space of not feeling that she could be herself. Yep. And, and then after we had gotten together, she really allowed herself to just be happy for a short time, but the repercussions of her family kind of disowning her, they, they still talked to her, but it was kind it was just at a much more distant space. And that took such a toll on her that all of the healing that she did, all of the physical healing she had, digestive issues her entire life. And wow. after getting together, her whole body shifted and she was doing really well. And she had regular bowel movements and she was just doing really well. But then her family with their back and forth and, and them trying to control her existence, she just met a point where she didn't feel like she could do it anymore, that it was either their happiness or hers. And she, there's just so much pressure to keep her family happy. And she decided to kind of revert to her old ways of eating. And it wasn't that she was extremely unhealthy, but she did it in a way that she knew was detrimental to her health. Mm -hmm. And that's what kept her kind of in her, in that stuffed space, right? That, right. that closeted space, that was kind of her, her way of just like, well, as long as I stay here, I'm safe. And she went back into that space and she ended up dying. Mm. And it was that moment that I had to step up because I was actually dying at the same time from my organs <laughs> shutting down. Wow. And so I couldn't help her 
and I had to take care of myself. And it was in that moment that I realized I need to let go of anything that's no longer serving me. And I need to step up and be the best version of myself. Otherwise, there's no reason to be here. And that created a massive healing journey for myself. I had been eating healthy beforehand and working through my emotions and all of that and not drinking and really understanding myself. But it took that moment to realize that we either step up and we do what we love and we we be as happy as we can possibly be, whatever that means for us, or we stay in that stuck space. And it looks so different for so many people. You know, they can still be living a successful life, but still living at a baseline level of what they know is comfortable because that they don't want to go any further. They're afraid of how much happier they can be because they don't know that side of it. Right. It's, it's easier to stay in something that's really comfortable, even if it's not as beneficial as what you could have in the future. And that was my moment of, okay, let's do this. Like, let me, let me really step into what I want to do. I don't need to be doing this holistic health stuff. This was for my own growth. I went through all of this schooling, all of this education to find me. Right. And yes, I, I help people out in that way. Still just through conversation, you and I having this conversation right now is going to reach someone and help them understand something. But my passion has always been movies. And Uh so I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. And, and I ended up having another near death experience, not too soon after. (laughs) And I woke up in the hospital and I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm dip. I'm like dabbling with this. Like I'm not putting myself in there because it's so scary. And, and that's when I realized that I needed to take micro shifts. I needed to change in baby steps. Right. And I think the biggest message I'm going to get out today is the baby steps, regardless of what trauma you're experiencing, regardless if, if you're coming out of the closet, if you're, you know, going through gender identity crises or anything of that nature, it does not matter what you're going through. The best way forward is to do micro shifts. You know, we, the, the quicker we try to push past a barrier, the more uncomfortable it's going to be. And that is going to be a quicker pushback. We're going to want to jump back in the closet because we're doing something too fast, too soon. So I think for me, it's just been that learning lesson of let's take all of these traumas and work at them one by one. Let's look at what I want to do and take it step by step. I don't have to become the best overnight. I don't have to become, you know, this powerful person in one step. Like it's going to take me thousands of steps but that's the beauty of it. That's how we overcome different traumas is by looking at it piece by piece and not this like, well, I have to do this this way. You know, there's, there's no one size fits all. And this, this smaller steps are going to get you so much further. This is such an interesting conversation because this is something I really advocate when I'm working with someone coming out of the closet, take it step by step. You don't have to sudden and and nothing wrong with, hey, I want to come out. And I just want to go be me. Great. But how quickly you do this and how much you quickly jump in or something into like being your queer self, which I'm all about, be your queer self. But sometimes there needs to be a pace to this because mm-hmm. you're going to be you're going to be bombarded with so many things. Right. Right. That it will begin to feel overwhelming. And then I'm thinking of some current clients I'm working with and they're like, I don't even, I don't even know if this was worth it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's because you jump so quickly mm-hmm. instead of working with me as we were trying to design, like, well, why don't you take this step and then let's try this step. And, mm-hmm. and I know there's nothing, there's nothing like being authentically yourself. I, I will hands down say that over and over every time I do this podcast, I want everybody to be exactly who they're meant to be provided it doesn't hurt somebody else. And I don't mean like flip it and hurt somebody else. I'm like, don't be an ass white right, right winger that don't know that doesn't work. But I want everybody to be who they're meant to be. But there is this pacing thing. And I always joke, of, you know, with my gay man, like you've been in a marriage, you come out, you're like, I, I kind of always knew this was here. And then suddenly, guess what? You're going to be a kid in the candy store. And I know it's mm-hmm. the same way with queer women as well. It's like suddenly you can do all this. Right. But if you go, 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 you don't have time to process. You don't have time to like really sink into, okay, well, how am I feeling? Is this what I want? Is this kind of person? And then suddenly you're dating a lot of different people and all this sort of stuff. You know, it's our teenage renaissance, so to speak, right? Right, right. But that all being said, to your point, this happens with dieters. Mm -hmm. This happens when people are like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to climb the ladder and I'm going to get to that. We don't realize how much of a society we have come about succeed, succeed, succeed. And that's just putting trauma and pressure and trauma Mm -hmm. and pressure on us. And I invite people to really think about your journey out of the closet. And those of you who aren't people who come out of the closet, so to speak, but those of us who have lean back into that experience. Anytime you're going to go after something new again, something Mm -hmm. that you really want which is great, but remember what you put yourself and your body through in that and think about how can I slow it down or how can I be more intentional Mm -hmm. and very focused on, on how we do these things? Because I know that's how I'm overcoming some of these health challenges I'm going through right now. I'm like, I'm taking it every day, step by step. Yes. There's days I want to get back out on the bike and go. I told my husband a couple of days ago, I got back in the pool for the first time in about six weeks. I'm like, that was hard. He goes, well, did you like try to like do like 1500 yards, 2000 yards? Mm -hmm. I'm like, nope. I did like 500, 500. He goes, well, take it slowly. Right. I'm like, I'm not, well, (laughs) I'm not stupid. I'm, I'm driven, but I'm like, I, as soon as I feel like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Mm -hmm. You know? Kind of pisses me off. Kind of like, well, that was only 20 minutes. I need I need the 30 to 40, but hey, that's where I am right now. So as you navigated through this, obviously it started to help you see, here's how I, I know best to do this for myself. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling when we start to dive into like talking about the movie and this healthy living from all over the world, that probably one of the consistent messages is you have to make any of this stuff align with what's really going to work for you. Otherwise it doesn't work. Right. People who do the yo-yo dieting, this is why you yo-yo let's go after, you know, okay. And I'm true confessions here. I'm going to talk about this and then say, I, part of what's helping me manage my diabetes right now is the Ozempic pin stuff. It's working really good, but I also know that there's a whole millions of people out there getting this thing to just help them lose weight. I'm like, okay, but look at what it says. I'm being very cognizant of how I'm using it and the mind stuff that I'm doing along with it. Like, okay, I realize it's helping me suppress my appetite. I'm realizing it's helping me like do a lot of things, but simultaneously I'm like, 
What am I doing when I'm at the table? What am I doing when I think about food? In fact, um, we were just talking about this before we came on, you know, watching, <laughs> watching the well and um, going, oh my goodness, I learned, I've learned so much about myself. And then I like, not to the extreme that that movie is, but like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could see where this could go derailing really quickly. And so I'm sure through your work towards this movie, you've seen a lot of things that people probably just first take for granted. Mm -hmm. And secondly, they'll try anything. They'll try anything to be on the healthy living bandwagon, right? They think they will. But yep. the thing is, they, I think humans in general have a lot less self-control than we like to admit. You know, it is really hard for people to go to the doctor and hear like, hey, you have high cholesterol or you have, you know, this disease. And they say, all you have to do is X, Y, Z. For the first couple of weeks, they might, you know, be like, oh, okay, like I can do this. I can do this. But then they go back, they revert to their old patterns because like we were yep. talking about a bit ago, it's a pattern that you have to break in micro shifts. Otherwise, you're just going to keep looking back at why that worked for you. Why did you like that diet? Why did you like that path? You know, and, and I think it's important to remember that there's going to be elements that come up and there's going to be traumas that come up. And the way to deal with it, it's not to push yourself into that different space. Like if a doctor says, Hey, this is what's going on. That's where you go. Like, okay, what can I do today to take one step? And that could just be like as simple as for breakfast, you add in a certain food that you wouldn't normally eat. Yep. Then you just do that the next day, the same way. And you keep doing that same different pattern until it becomes a new habit for you, right? We have to create habits in again, micro shifts. I'm going to use that word often. And then you do the next thing. So it's in like, okay, my lunch meal, what can I do to change this up? And you do it to where it suits your personality because yep. most people do not have what it takes to cut cold Turkey, unless you get to the extent where you're about to die. And I've had to go there. I've had to go to extremes for my health because it was, it was either die or <laughs> get better. Right. But a lot of people don't have to reach that space in order to get better. And, and I think the other thing that we were talking about too is to remember what does it mean to be healthy, right? There are so many people who look healthy. They like the perfect picture of health. Yet yep. when they go and they find out certain things about their blood work, they find that they're not actually healthy. So my message there is just because you think you are healthy does not mean there's not things that you need to take care of and figure it out. And my two go-tos are the gut microbiome and nutrient uh, micronutrient deficiency panels. And I love that you brought up the microbiome because our microbiome is, let me put it this way. We're more microbiome than we are human cells. About 90% of our being is microbiome and the other 10% is human cells. Our microbiome controls almost 98% of what happens in our bodies. So when you talk about strokes, when you even gaining weight, we have microbiome that literally causes us to gain weight. And so when we can look at this from a completely different perspective and realize that we have an entire organism that we're taking care of, if we can dive into that aspect and look at health from there, we can really learn like, wow, 
I don't, I, I'm not fat because I eat like crap. I'm fat because I have microbiome that's yeah. causing me to go after specific food that triggers a response of, you know, chemical reactions that cause me to gain weight. Yeah. And so there's like this beautiful other picture of looking at what health means instead of the Western medical system, your blood work looks fine. Your heart's beating fine. There's so much more to our body that actually incorporates what it means to be healthy. And so I think there's so many different ways that we can look at this and, and how to move through it and to learn that nothing is black and white and, and what works for one person isn't just going to work for the next person. We have to understand their body and what's actually happening inside of it to get a bigger picture of our true health. Well, and this ties back to mm-hmm. the whole coming out process too. I, I have clients constantly, and even in our community, I mean, we've all been approached by somebody who's just starting out. What would you do? How would you do this? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can tell you what I did. Right. Take what works for you, but not right. and everything that I did is going to work for you. I mean, I exactly. have worked with so many men coming out of the closet and they're like, well, how did you maintain a good relationship with your ex-wife? Mm-hmm. I said, I worked at it. I had to work at it. And right. I, she had to be willing mm-hmm. to be there. Exactly. You know? And, and so if you don't have that luxury, what I'm sharing with you isn't going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. But also there's a piece of don't be a jerk. Don't right. be an asshole. That's right. going to be a huge thing. If you suddenly like, well, screw you. It's my life. And I get to right. go chase penis the rest of my life. Great. That's fine. If that's how you feel on the inside. But if that's the energy you're putting out there, yeah, you're actually going to cause more problems than you mm-hmm. realize. And again, this is what sometimes we don't realize all that stuff affects, as you're saying, microbiomes, how we feel, how we act. And I literally have seen such a huge shift, honestly, since this last stroke happened, just by me going, let it go, let it go. Because as soon as something shows up, I mean, I will start to feel myself getting in that space. I'm Mm -hmm. like, is it really want to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? Do you want to, you know, and, and we're still working through weird stuff that I'm trying to figure out and we're doing the right stuff to get that figured out. But I just try my best at this point to like, unless it's something I'm really passionate about, like, no, I need to fight for this. It's right. not worth it. You right. know, and it's not because I'm f- afraid of dying. That's, I mean, yeah, it would suck. It would suck to like, okay, I'm done, you know, but, but there's more of joy <laughs> Like, I don't want it to take away, I know this sounds very coachy, but I don't, I'm tired of shit taking my joy factor away. Mm-hmm. And if I give my energy to all of that, my joy factor gets taken away. And then guess what else? Then my body's not functioning and things aren't working. And blah, blah, you know, it, it just, right. it, you know, Lynn, I'm, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but um, so let's, let's kind of go a little bit deeper. We have gut microbiomes and all this stuff, but then the film is mm-hmm. really like some really deep work you did around, well, let's just look at Americans, right? It's just the American, you know, but it's not. There's so many things around the globe and so many ways that other cultures, I guess I feel blessed because I've I've traveled extensively and I've been exposed to lots of other cultures. And um, sometimes just the beauty of how they do it was very mm-hmm. eye-opening. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what's the name of the film. So you think you're healthy. <laughs> and what it stemmed from was actually 
my health journey and not understanding why I had such intense chronic illness and coming to the fact that I had iron deficiency and I have no idea how long I had it for. But when I started correcting the deficiency symptoms that I had for 15 plus years went away within a matter of a week. Okay. And so then I started studying, um, I did many courses on micronutrient deficiencies, but I never got specific into a single one until the iron incident happened. And then I learned that a good portion of our population and other countries are iron deficient and iron deficiency is, can be deadly. It's, it's really, you know, we talk about anemia, we know about anemia, but we don't realize how many problems it can cause like strokes and tinnitus and heart attacks and heart failure and all of these different things. And I got so low that I was having problems breathing. I would have to gasp for air sometimes. And I couldn't even walk up a flight of stairs and I don't even weigh 120 pounds. Like there was, there's no reason that I should have been at that spot. And I remember I I have a very strong connection to my ethereal realm because of near death experiences And they said something to me where they were just like, you need to check. And they showed me in a weird way. It had to do with like an ironing board, you know, like they're just showing me like an iron. And I was like, what is this? And I was like, oh my God, my iron. And I was beyond the anemic point. Okay. And then I had a friend who she's been a vegan for a very long time. And I was like, you know, I'm finding a lot of people are extremely deficient in iron. I want to know what your levels are. And she's like, oh, but I'm healthy. Like I am, you know, she looks strong. She looks healthy. She got her test and she was dangerously low. Okay. 15 is where like the cutoff point of the red. She was a five. And so she's in that range where doctors would usually do a transfusion because of how low she is. And that was the moment where it showed me this, this picture of what we think is healthy She's living a lifestyle that she believed was doing best for her. And now she's at the point where she knows that she can't be extremely active because of the the consequences until she gets her iron levels back up. Right. And so we went on this big, big post of, well, I wanted to do a documentary about how other cultures live and how they eat and how they die and all of these beautiful things. And suddenly it just narrowed in. And I was like, what do people think is actually healthy from monks who live in monasteries to one of the longest living cultures in the world where they only eat meat, like it's predominantly meat with a few other things thrown in there to, you know, the Indian India where they eat vegetarian and vegan and Americans and, you know, vegan bodybuilders and all of these people who think they are like the picture perfect, healthy person. Let's find out what's actually happening in their body. Let's get the back end of this and find out like, what are their iron stores? What are their magnesium stores? All the things that we don't check for when we go to the Western medical system, you know, and you and I talked about this before we jumped on that you go and you get your iron panel done and you will night and day, get your iron levels checked by any doctor that you go to, but they never check your ferritin levels and your ferritin levels is what identifies anemia. And I want to put it into context that Iron is the most abundant mineral on earth and our bodies are comprised of the same minerals. So it would 
it's clear as day that what we need is what earth needs, right? Like it needs yep. to be in that same balance. And, and so when we go to the doctor, we should be checked for those levels without like hands down, without a doubt, but we're not. So I'm bringing into play in this documentary, the necessity of different panels that you can't get through your Western medical system. You do have to get it through an alternative practitioner to find out your, your mineral composition, because you do, you have to have all these things in certain balance. You shouldn't just be going and taking magnesium because you think you need it. Because if you overdo it, there are consequences. There's so many detrimental pieces to what perfect health is. And I want to highlight that. I want to, to go and talk to the, you know, the monks in the monasteries and show people that yes, they can be on a vegan diet because they don't do much. They sit the majority of the day. They're not using their bodies in active ways, you know? So it's, there's this big, big idea that people think that, well, if I become vegan, I'm going to be healthy because X, Y, Z, but they're living in a world where they utilize their body. If they want to be active, they need certain nutrients. How and where are we getting those nutrients? That's my question. And that's what we're going to go around the world to find out. It's pretty cool. And sometimes I think we get, because of, you know, Western medicine, we get, we get stuck, you know, um, I, because of everything I've been through a lot of different things right now, you know, everything from like vertigo and going, is this another stroke and all this sort of stuff. But as we were talking about earlier, so y'all are going to hear, we, we did a lot of talking before we even jumped <laughs> on here, but um, you know, I, I religiously have acupuncture done now too. And it's, it's done amazing things for myself and my life. And now I feel, and I guess my message to anybody listening is here's another coming out. If you're not willing to come out and say, I'm willing to try something new. You're like, no, I got to stay in this box. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We all stayed in boxes because people told us to stay in boxes around our sexuality. Again, learn from your coming out journey. Yes. It may have been really shitty for some of us. It was kind of crappy. We were told we couldn't be who we wanted to be, you know, go repent and all this sort of stuff, but take the lead and go. But when you finally did the thing that was most needed for you, mm-hmm go take care of that because whatever can give you that insight is going to be the stuff that's going to make you feel better. I have, I know, I guess I've been doing back in acupuncture now, probably going on three months Mm -hmm. and the things that it's done for some of my, my different symptoms has been amazing. Mm -hmm. Just, just the, the ability to sleep better through the night, which for anybody who's diabetic like me and you're trying to battle the bulge and all this sort of stuff, just simple sleep. I hate to say it, folks. Yes, simple sleep can take the weight off. You can lose weight in your sleep, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because if your body never gets that rest, mm-hmm. it's constantly going to be going and going to want fuel. And then you eat whatever it is and all these sort of things. So um, I find this really fascinating. So as you have started, you know, working on the film, is there something that's just really like jumped out at you and just like, oh my gosh, that was. I'm sure there was more than one moment, but something that really grabbed you and said, that is really interesting. Yeah. I think one of the, it's hard to say, right. It's, there's so much information that's coming in and it's all over the place, but I feel like I am surprised by finding out 
the largest vegan and vegetarian place in the world is basically for Hindus. Hindus have the largest population of vegan and vegetarians and it's a 44%. So still, you know, over 60% are, I should say like 50% are not vegetarian in, in that part of the world. And there's a big surprise to that because how do I explain this? One of the, the bigger pictures that I saw of that was finding that they are one of the least active cultures. And when they were asked by, you know, they did the study. Um, I don't, I can't remember the, the actual town that they did it in, but the study was what's your main form of exercise. And the majority, I think it was 80 something percent was brisk walking. And that was it. Okay. And when asked, well, why don't you do other forms? Well, I don't have the energy and I don't have the motivation. So that's coming from a culture that we're like trying to follow in the, you know, American system of, oh, but we should eat more like, you know, they do in India or they do in Asia and all these different populations. But that's why I'm doing this because you find these, these facts out and you're like, they're the least inactive, but they're the most vegetarian based diet. So there's something to this. Let's figure out what it is. And I know I, I don't even have a question in it that their mineral profile is so low that they don't have what they need for their cells to actually function because our cells utilize every single mineral to function. You know, we can't function without those minerals. And so I'm excited to like really see, to actually take their panels you know, to like really just have this hard information and say, look, this does not equate healthy. Stop following. You know, it comes back to putting yourself in those boxes. We do that with so many things. We do it with diets. We do it with people. We do it with friends. We say, oh, well, I have to have this type of friend in my life. I have to have this type of diet and I can't look outside of this. I'm a vegetarian and it's going to stay this way. Or I only eat meat and it's going to stay this way. You know, we, we put ourselves in rigid containers instead of actually being like, but what if there is another way? And I think that's the most important question that we can always ask ourselves. You know, there, there's that quote and I'm going to hack it. So I, I don't know it, but it's basically along the lines of don't expect different results. If you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over, you know, you can't make changes by continuing on the same path that hasn't worked for you. And if you don't want to change, then ask yourself, why, you know, why don't you want to look outside of these different, these different boxes and actually try things that might be more beneficial for you. But for many of us in the LGBTQ community, the reason that that is happening is because we've had these traumatic experiences about trying anything new because we got bashed. We got told to stay in our box, to do these things. And I I will argue with anybody about this, that if you don't look back at your experience of being in the closet and coming out and realize that when you go for that new job, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't, you know, or you go for like asking that person out or you go for like trying to, you know, lose weight or whatever it is, there is trauma and our trauma carries forward. I don't Mm -hmm. care. It doesn't even have to be about coming out of the closet. Any trauma you have endured or experienced your whole life, it comes with you. It's like the pebble Mm -hmm. in the shoe. It's always there until you start to work with it and, and, and do whatever it means, whether that's therapy or coaching Mm -hmm. or holistic, 
practices, you know, eating right, whatever it is. And it's amazing when people finally that light bulb goes off. It's kind of like when I'm working with someone coming out, I'm like, yes, it's a difficult conversation to talk about coming out of the closet. In my world, when it's a married, you know, someone who's married in a heterosexual relationship, I'm like, but what's another difficult conversation you've had with your spouse? Right. You've already had difficult conversations. It's not coming out, but you've had them. And I think this is the value of what you're bringing forward and what you're looking for is this is about going deeper, taking that next step, small step. But taking the next step and going, well, let's go explore this. Mm-hmm. What if, you know, there's right. some work um, Byron Katie does, like, how true is that? You know, how true is that? And if the truth is this is the only way to manage your diabetes or the only way to manage your heart issues or, or any of that sort of stuff, and you haven't explored something else, it's kind of on you for not going and doing the deeper questions. You know, and asking, is that true? Is it absolutely true? If it wasn't true, what would be the different way you'd look at this? Mm -hmm. And from this conversation today, I hope people are taking away that regardless of what it is that you're looking for, whether it's, you know, better health, eating right, losing weight, just feeling good in general, go deeper, Mm -hmm. literally go deeper and seek it out. So, um, Yes. Well, Lynn, this has been a really fun conversation. I'm so glad we got to connect. And um, is there anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with before we wrap up here? Because you've, you've provided some really good insights. I know I'm all all interested in going and exploring what you suggested to me and um, and just see, you know, I, I'm not afraid to challenge my medical practitioners. Right. Like this is, you know, I will go if it means the difference between living and not living. So, right. um, but anything else yeah. you'd like to share real quick before we wrap it up here? Yeah. Yeah. I think along that lines of to remember to, yes, definitely double check your Western medical system. You know, they're, they're not smart. They're trained. They're trained to treat symptoms, not the root cause. And I think where we're at in this life right now is we need to get to the root cause of everything. You know, it's no longer about masking systems, symptoms. It's about really finding out why is this happening through everything we talked about, not just yeah. health. And um, if you're curious, you I'll have my website listed. I'll give you my yeah. website and you can check things out there. And um, I will also have my Indiegogo up for my video. So you can follow that along. Cool. And if you feel like partaking in anything of that, please do. Absolutely. So what is your website? Real quick, we can do a shout out. on. Yeah, absolutely. It's www.riverswellness.net. Well, thank you again. And thanks for sharing and being willing to like share a lot of different things. And I hope that any of you that are listening this, maybe, you know, even just if you're struggling with coming out, go deeper, ask the deeper questions. Um, But also if you're struggling with like, I just want to be healthy, don't sit back keep challenging, Mm -hmm. just keep challenging, Mm -hmm. keep asking those questions because the more you ask, the more you will, well, you'll either find out you're with the right doctor or you're with the wrong doctor. So um, anyway, well, thank you again, Lynn. So appreciate you being here and appreciate what you shared with our listeners today. Yes. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us 
to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.